Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. You got dirty shoes and dog hair everywhere. You're the worst cops ever. Get out of my sight. Oh man, Chief is really mad at us again. I wish we could do something heroic to impress him. That was author and illustrator Dave Pilkey and Scholastic Kid reporter Victoria Tang reading aloud from Dogman, Dave's worldwide best-selling graphic novel. Victoria caught up with Dave during his recent visit to China. We wanted them to help set the stage for World Read Aloud Day, which takes place this year on February 5th. The annual celebration encourages kids, parents, and educators everywhere to grab a book, find an audience, and read aloud. Today, we're talking with two literacy experts about the many benefits of reading aloud. First up is Pam Allen, Senior Vice President for Innovation and Development at Scholastic Education. Pam is also the founder of LitWorld, the organization that created World Read Aloud Day. Later, Lester Laminack will join us from his home in North Carolina. Lester is a literacy expert and former university professor. First, here's Pam. Hi, Pam. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, you are so important in the world of World Read Aloud Day. So tell our listeners what that is and how it began. Well, World Read Aloud Day um, started in the smallest, most memorable way, and that was with a child in a classroom. I was reading aloud. Um, this was about 11 years ago, and the children just loved the read aloud. And afterwards, one of the children asked me, why can't we do this more often? And I said, well, I think we should. And he said, I think we have too many tests to study for. And I explained to him, because children always understand the big ideas, I said, you know, actually, when you read aloud to someone, it actually does help them do better on tests for a lot of different reasons. And he said, you know, we should have a big party for the read aloud because, like, when it's my birthday, everyone pays a lot of attention to me. But when we have the read aloud, not everyone pays attention. He said we should make it really big. So that day I went back to my office and I shared that vision with my team. And this was really when social media was just starting to percolate in a big way. And all of my young colleagues and team members at LitWorld sent out messages on Facebook and any other way that they were using social media at that time. And lo and behold, within that first year, People were celebrating all over the world. We heard stories of people in rural areas of India, in the urban center in the Philippines, in um, a small town in, in Kenya, and all around the world. When we started to partner with Scholastic was when things really became enormously 
big. And Scholastic just said, this is so core to our core values. It's what we believe in. Let's make this huge. Let's make sure everybody knows that the read aloud is number one, just feels good and it's very bonding. But number two, it's also just really good for kids. And, uh, and that's really how it all got started. We know how to throw a party over here, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? Scholastic really knows how to throw a party and especially for things that really matter to kids. So now it is, as you say, a global event with people participating around the world and sharing their stories on social media. It's very cool. You mentioned how reading aloud helps on tests anecdotally. Could you talk a little bit about the research and what it tells us about the benefits of reading aloud? Yes, and I think, you know, that's really important because we we do... You know, I, I always talk about, I say, the things I believe in in education have everything to do with serious joy. And I think that this kind of goes to the heart of that. The Read Aloud is research-based. I think one of the reasons I'm so proud uh, to be part of Scholastic's mission with this is that Scholastic has always been a worldwide leader in really looking at the research and thinking about what's good for kids, um, but also the unique I think the unique confluence is also what kids really want. The kids really love the read aloud because also on a social emotional level, our scholastic kid and family reading report has also shown this, that they report a feeling of closer, more connected, more deeply feeling bonded to their families. That certainly is true. I know also you're a big advocate for choice. Why is it so important for kids to be able to choose the books that are read aloud? You know, this was a big part of our the feedback that we got and that I continue to get when I'm out in the field working alongside teachers and children and young adults is that that sense of agency really matters. I mean, we've seen this, you know, as adults too. You 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 know, you the the your favorite book club meeting is always the one where you got to choose the book. <laughs> so it's not even just kids who love that, you know. Right. Um, I think it's really something about reading is it's so personal and what we noticed is uh, all the other events that have ever been created around reading that schools or districts or organizations have have developed have always been around we're going to pick a book for you to read. And what we said about World Read Aloud Day is let's actually go to the core value of what we believe, which is that, and what we've seen works, is that when people have agency to choose, they'll choose a book that matches, let's say, you feel a sense of loneliness, you want to connect to a character that really speaks to that, or you want a little more courage in your life, you know, you're going to read aloud from a book that represents that, or you feel in a way that you just want to make someone laugh on that particular given day, you're going to read aloud from that. So we wanted to say, that's actually the whole purpose of reading. That's why reading is so revolutionary, because it's really about you having a voice. And we wanted World Read Aloud Day to really represent that. Gosh, that is so, so interesting. We know, as you've mentioned, the importance of community and also the importance of having reading role models in children's lives. I wonder how you encourage parents and teachers when you're out on the road, how you encourage them to be more effective reading role models for the children in their lives. Yes, I I encourage families when I'm speaking with families. We talk a lot about this idea of of a reading role model and what does that mean. And I, I, for me, I want, I say to families, to parents, to grandparents, to caregivers, 
be yourself, be authentic, be true to you. You don't have to be the world's best reader. Don't, don't be afraid to talk about the hard parts, but also when the good parts feel good, that's when you want to amplify that. Like, well, that feels good because we laugh together, or that feels good because um, we both just really had a good talk about how that character became friends with the other, even though um, it started out as a really difficult bullying situation. The, those conversations for you as a reading role model, the main thing is to say, how can I be an ally for my child? How can I be honest? How can I be authentic? And how can I open myself up, even myself loving these books, so that you're not just reading aloud because somebody said that's a good idea. Just be yourself. <laughs> be truly yourself. You know, if you love soccer, then when, you know, you're looking for books to read aloud to your child, say, I love soccer. Let's find a book about soccer. So it's not just about your child. It's about your own interests and your own passions. Your children are watching you and they, they love you. They, they admire you. They think you're like the greatest thing ever. So if you even just in those small ways to be a reading role model to say, I'm genuine and I read because it's going to make me feel good. It's going to make me want to talk to you about something. Then that's, you're already, you're already more than halfway there. Yeah, that's, that's an easy one. I love that. I, I wondered just if you had advice for parents and teachers about helping struggling readers and appealing to them in particular during a read aloud. Well, one of the great things about working with struggling readers and using the read aloud is that there is um, so much opportunity to do things that will, one, advance them as readers, and two, include them as community members. One of the things about the read aloud in community of, of a group of children of young people is that in the midst of a read aloud, you can simply say, you know, as a strategy, and you can do this at home too is to say, let's just take a minute to turn and talk or to think together. Just let's take a minute to reflect on what we've just been reading without any questions like, who's the main character? Who's the setting? What's the setting? But instead to say, what are you wondering about? What are you thinking about? Okay, let's come back together and share out some of our thinking. So that struggling reader says, wait a minute, I have an idea. And my idea is a good idea. And slowly but surely, they start to see themselves as readers, which before they didn't. And when they don't, they don't want to do it. They act out during reading time. When you say at home, let's have a book, let's you know, sit down with our reading, they don't want to do it because it never feels good. But with the read aloud, we're taking the pressure off and we're letting them just be readers in the community. Oh, that's really terrific advice. This is Scholastic's 100th anniversary, 2020. I wondered if you, just in your own life, if you have any early memories of reading Scholastic books or magazines that you could share with our listeners. Oh, my gosh. I have so many memories. I mean, that's why it's such a, such a privilege and honor to be part of this great, great mission-driven uh, company. I can't believe that we're 100 years old. When I, I think know. about... For myself, I have a very strong memory of, um, you know, filling out my book club order and carefully cutting that side of the page at, with my mother and putting the envelope in with the actual money that even had like coins in it, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And it was so, so unbelievably uh, profound. And I remember just my heart almost jumping out of my chest when that book, that box would arrive in our classroom. I literally, to this minute, I can feel the excitement just welling up in me and 
just how simple that was. And again, that goes back to everything we've just talked about today. It's about those core values of Scholastic. It's the power of choice. I had some agency. I was bonding with my mother. We were anticipating something exciting. It was just pure and simple, a child's own sense of self. And that is exactly what we're celebrating on World Read Aloud Day and in the 100th year of Scholastic. Well said, Pam. Thank you so very much for sharing your thoughts and tips with us. I know that our listeners will get a lot out of this. Thank you, Suzanne, for taking the time. And I loved the book clubs, too. I think that's my earliest memory. Same here. All right, Pam. Well, thanks again, and happy World Read Aloud Day. Here is renowned storyteller Carmen Agrediti reading aloud from her upcoming picture book, Rita and Ralph's Rotten Day. In two little houses on two little hills lived two best friends. Every morning, Rita and Ralph would open their doors, step outside, close their doors, and run down the hill and up the hill and down the hill and up the hill. They'd meet under the apple tree and high five. Oh, pinky shake, do a cha-cha-cha, play zombie tag, and make daisy chains. Then one day, Then one day, they played a new game. Sticks and stones. Ow, yowled Rita. Uh Uh-oh, Ralph froze. This was bad, really bad. So they ran away. Down the hill and up the hill and down the hill and up the hill. They opened their doors, raced inside and closed their doors. Rita was mad. And Ralph was sorry. So Ralph opened the door, stepped outside, and closed the door. It was a hundred years to Rita's house. Now, here's literacy expert Lester Lamanac. Hi, Lester. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here. So let's jump into why you are such a fierce advocate for reading aloud for all children, whether they're struggling readers or gifted or whatever the case may be. Well, if you want someone to become interested in something, you have to make it appear appealing. You have to make it something that they can imagine themselves being. And you have to make it such that they desire to want to imagine themselves being a part of that. Um, Reading aloud is one of those places where we model what reading can do, how it can activate the brain to watch the movie as you listen to the story, imagine the faces of characters and shiver when things get scary or laugh out loud when things get funny. And in doing so, we work on the formula for helping kids not only learn how to read, but to build that real core desire to want to read. And I've been in this business for 43 years and have seen approaches, methodologies, programs for how to make a reader come and go. And some of them are like waves in the ocean. They wash up ashore again and again. 
And it seems like we're constantly trying to find the best way to make a reader. What we don't do is figure out the best way to have someone sustain that once they learn. Um, And so I think reading aloud is just like a constant advertisement for why someone would want to read. This is important then for children who are independent readers as well to keep this going. Oh, I would think so. Absolutely. Um, Children are always, well, let me back that up. I don't just think it's children. I think it's anybody. Um, The years that I was a university professor, I started class about five minutes before class was supposed to start by reading um, a children's picture book aloud. And I was pretty careful to make sure that what I read, I could somehow link to the point of what I was teaching that day. And what I discovered was that those students got there early because they didn't want to miss the book, not because it was linked to the focus of today's class, because they were perfectly capable of getting that. They were hungry to sit for seven or 10 minutes and listen to someone deliver a story. And it's the power of a well-paced read aloud, the place where someone is reading as if they are a storyteller that engages you to the point that you can't resist. I mean, you can sit on the banks of onlooking for only so long before you jump into the stream of the story and just get lost. And all these years later, when I meet these people now who have been teaching for 20 years, one of the things they remember most are the books we read aloud. So I think even proficient readers hunger for a story. And if I go do a workshop and I read something aloud, it's one of the favorite parts. We forget how delightful it is just to sit and listen. I totally agree with you. I feel the same way. But I also hear from teachers and some parents that they sometimes feel self-conscious about reading aloud. They're worried they're not theatrical enough. What do you say to them? I would encourage them to pause for a little while and think about those people who read to them when they were children, perhaps it was a teacher or a librarian, a parent, a grandparent, a caregiver, someone in after-school care, wherever they were, that person's voice, that rhythm and cadence is very likely one of the strongest influences on what they hear in their own mind when they read, when they read silently now and how they pace things and make sense of it. And so if you get theatrical, and I don't mean you have to get over the moon and go out of your way, but when it's scary, slow down, build some tension, lean in, shiver, pull the child closer to you. When it's funny, slow down, build up to the climax, drop the punchline, and laugh out loud with the child. If you just fall into the story and forget about what anyone outside of you might think, the kid will enjoy the book. And the bonding between that human and the little human strengthens the bond between the little human and the text, because that's all a part and parcel of what they associate with the act of reading. Yeah, I agree. I I had a wonderful teacher in grammar school, and I still can hear her 
every day reading aloud to the class. You spend a lot of time in schools around the country. What do kids enjoy most about reading aloud? One of the things that I notice when I read aloud to children is that I do it with abandon, um, and they are delighted. I think children fall into the story. I get better responses by listening to what they are thinking and asking and wondering than if I were to ask them to answer questions. So I think they learn to listen differently. If I am focused on trying to make this something of a, an exam, it feels like school. If I pause in places and go, do you know what that word means? You know, then it feels like school. If I am doing this just as a story, it feels like a gift. And I think that reading aloud, especially the first visit with a book, should be a gift. You should just listen to the magic of the language and fall in love with the story and laugh where you find something humorous and shiver where you find something frightening. You should be following what you feel. And at the end of it, we can stop and go back and reread and revisit and go, I noticed you laughed right here. What was funny about that? And then we come back to it and reread it. And I think that reaction from kids is that someone is taking the time to give them something and just make the story its own package. Yeah, that really is a wonderful point, making kids feel important and drawing upon their sense of wonder is just marvelous. Mm -hmm. We think a lot about stories and fiction when we're reading aloud in picture books, but you also focus on the benefits of reading nonfiction aloud. I wonder if you could speak to that and the types of texts that kids respond to in particular. I find that children are fascinated by learning something new and especially fascinated with the world around them. So when they discover through a piece of nonfiction how a flower blooms or what's on the inside of an apple or where a certain product comes from or what life is like um, in another place or in another time, they're filled with questions and connections and in many ways, a sense of awe. We tend to believe that reading aloud or reading to children is about story because we grew up in the once upon a time tradition. But language delivered to someone you care about from a well-chosen text, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, an article in a magazine, an information book, a narrative nonfiction text, poetry, lyrics to a song, has some kind of very special connection. And I think we tend to overlook the power of that. And so I've been encouraging people to make sure that you include time in your day for reading aloud nonfiction in order to give kids access to that because there are children who love story more than fact. And there are children who love information more than story. And if we want them all to be readers, we have to make them understand that that waterfront covers a lot of territory and lots of types of text. And there is something for all of you. 
We know, though, that teachers' days are so busy. They have so many demands on them and so many standards. I wonder what advice you give to them on how they can incorporate nonfiction read-alouds into their classrooms more. Well, and I think this is true for any grade level. Um, If you're in a primary or an elementary grade that is self-contained, then you have a little more control over how you use your day. And I realize the standards are there and the assessments are there and people have packed days with no time to read or no time to breathe. And they feel like they have no time to read. In a middle school, a high school, uh, where everything is run by class periods and these kids leave and those kids come in, Um, that luxury is a little less available. However, if I'm in a content area, social studies, science, mathematics, health, whether I'm a self-contained teacher or I am in a departmentalized setting, it would be very easy to start class with a read-aloud, a short feature article, an opinion piece, a poem, a section of a nonfiction book just from one heading to the next, a perspective on something that we're covering in this class over the next several days, and each day I give you a different angle from a different text. Those read-alouds ground us all in common ground, not necessarily level ground, but I can give you information that everyone has access to through their ears that maybe they wouldn't have access to through their eyes. The same may also hold for parents um, who might find easy ways to bolster reading, like, for example, even in the kitchen with recipes. I know that you share your grandmother's tea cakes recipe. Any other tips for in the home how families can incorporate more reading aloud? With very young children, where I'm just trying to build those early concepts of print and understanding um, that it's the print that helps me to make sense of what's in the box or in the can. If I were to put some items that can't harm you, can't be broken, like packaged box foods or cans, things that aren't in jars that can break, on a lower cabinet and I say um, to a three-year-old, would you look in the cabinet and hand me a can of corn? And maybe all that's in that cabinet is corn, beans, and a can of soup. There are only three things there. So there are only three choices. And the kid hands me beans. And I'm going, do you think that's corn? What color is the corn? It's yellow. I'm not trying to get them to not look at the words. I'm not going to get into the argument of they tried. They're talking about their three. So like, look at the picture. What's on the can? I want them to understand that the graphic representation of the idea and translating that graphic representation into language and going, oh, this is corn. And when you hand me the corn, I can point to the picture on the label and go, yeah, it looks like corn. See, it's corn in the picture. Do you see this? It says corn. And if, you know, depending on what I want to do and how far I want to take it, I could spell the word, I could point to the word, or I could simply say thank you for the corn. I don't want them to understand that there are things in in the packages and that they can help me make sense of it. 
If they're older kids and we are beginning to do things, then we might have them help cook with us. We might have them help read a recipe. We might have them read us directions as we're trying to put something together. Um, Instead of turning the news on, go into your newspaper. Whether you get it on paper or you get it on a tablet, like read the headlines to me and let me know what's happening in the world today. And so a headline is read and the parent says, oh, that sounds interesting. Read, me, read that article to me while I'm getting this ready. I think there are ways to involve kids in reading, which require parents to simply pause a moment and think and to remind themselves that this is important. Thank you, Lester. You've given us tons of great tips. Oh, it's my pleasure. I always enjoy talking about reading. Here's best-selling author and illustrator Peter Reynolds reading from his picture book, Be You. You were born to be so many things. There are about 70 things to be here. You were born to be loving, spirited, hopeful, active, adventurous, peaceful, creative, clever, connected. My wish for you no matter where your journey leads you, is for you to always be you. Thanks so much again to Pam Allen and Lester Lamanac for joining me today. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to participate in World Read Aloud Day, you can find additional information and resources at scholasticreads.com. Special thanks to producer Bridget Benjamin, associate producer Mackenzie Cutrazula, sound engineer Daniel Jordan, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time. On February 5th, there are many ways you can join in on the fun. Read aloud from your favorite book to someone special or someone new. Post a video or photo of your read aloud on social media with the hashtag World Read Aloud Day and be sure to tag Scholastic and Lit World. Encourage your friends and family to also read aloud and also to post on social media. For more information, visit scholastic.com forward slash World Read Aloud Day. We can't wait to see what you're reading aloud on February 5th.